FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors, WFG Enterprise Solutions and Next Level Advisors. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled to bring to you our next guest. She is a social media rock star. The gram is her jam. She's an international keynote speaker, coach, best-selling author, real estate social media strategist, host of the Voice of Social Sales podcast, the superlatives could continue to go on and on, but I think what really makes this guest special is she has an incredible gift to take complex items, things that scare people and not only make them easy, but make them very simple to execute and implement. Please help me welcome the amazing Chelsea Pites, National Director of Social Sales, Fidelity National Financial. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be talking with you today. Oh, well, Chelsea, I, I am thrilled that you're here. Uh, I always tell the story for our listeners. Probably about two years ago, we met, met it was over two years ago, at the Housing Wire Engage Marketing event. Yes, I, audience. I, I miss going to those events. <laughs> I agree. So I'm sitting in the audience there and in the industry 20 plus years, and you're on a panel and there's a lot of other great individuals on the panel. They're sharing a lot of wonderful philosophies, but what really struck me is your ability to give practical tips, suggestions. I was executing while I'm sitting in the audience. I grabbed my phone and I'm like, I can do that. And, oh, I didn't know you could tag people here. And I didn't know I could do that with my profile. And it has been a game changer for me and for my business. I uh, started a podcast, do video cast on LinkedIn. Uh, our LinkedIn has gone from about 900 to almost 14,000. And it, its engagement is up 200%. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, because I owe so much of that to you and for that talk that day in North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear about your success. That's incredible, especially those stats you shared. That is amazing. And you are definitely somebody who is leveraging LinkedIn in such an excellent way. So congratulations. I'm so excited to hear that. Well, thank you. And it was from your tips and kind of just that nudge to get out there. So let's talk, you know, you've got such incredible wealth of experience and knowledge. How did you get into financial services? And more importantly, how did you get into financial services and social selling? <laughs> well, there wasn't such a thing. <laughs> so I kind of created that space in this industry. Um, I've been in the real estate industry for about 21 years. And I jokingly tell people that I got licensed in 2001 BF before Facebook. So I actually worked and had a career before social media existed. I did not grow up with the Internet of Things. I'm not a digital native. Um, so, you know, I, I had to learn, like many of us, how to use social media. And certainly when I started using it, I never really thought about using it to leverage 
building a business and brand. And I thought it was more of just sort of a hobby, sort of something fun that you did on the side and for friends and family. And um, as I went through 2008, 2009 uh, and the market crashed, I did end up relocating my real estate business into the title and escrow industry, but in a very niche position in marketing and helping realtors build their business. So I had a lot of on-the-job learning. There's no college class you can take to be proficient in the social media platforms, mainly because they literally change every day. So it is a number of years of testing and practicing and pushing buttons and accidentally figuring things out, having some really great, amazing people in the industry that you can network with and talk to, and a lot of just you know hands-on experience. And then I found that I was extremely confused by a lot of these complex things. And for me and my brain, I really had to break them down in a very specific way so that I could understand how to utilize them. And so I thought, well, maybe if that's how I learn, maybe this would be helpful for other people. And it turned out that that particular style um, did work for a lot of other people. And so I had never intended to, to go into education or speaking or anything of that nature. It just sort of came about because one person said, oh, you know, you might wanna ask her, She, I think she knows something about it. And then one person became four people and that became 20 people. And then I would speak, you know, at local organizations and then, you know, uh, onto national stages. So that's how I ended up where I'm at today. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing that. And I think there's so many things that you, that we gotta unpack in there. You know, one of them you said, you just got to start putting yourself into these platforms and start learning because it changes all the time. As soon as I think I figured something out on LinkedIn, I'm like, oh, I can't tag as many people because it impacts dwell time and, and this, this and that. And so many people kind of get intimidated by doing that. And again, you just simplify it. You make it fun. Tell me. How were you able to convince executives? I mean, you're not you're not working at a startup that says, "Hey, we should do social." I mean, you're at a very large financial institution. Yes, yes. Um, you know, it was. I worked on this for a number of years, and I sort of had this vision. And I will say that uh, you know, very blessed to work for a corporation that is very visionary and forward thinking. So I do give them a ton of credit for saying, you know, this might be something that we need to look into. And so, you know, I, I, I was given the freedom to beta test and I dove into that beta testing and what I'll tell you, and I, and I hope that people can take this and implement it into their own, you know, adventure into social media, but I didn't have any idea what it was going to look like. I didn't have any idea what I was going to do. And for my personality, that was extremely difficult. I'm a very D high driver personality. I like to have things in a specific order and pre-planned. I don't like anything that's a surprise. So that was extremely difficult for me. And I didn't know what I was going to do, or what it was going to look like because I had never done it before. And there was nobody in my company or really any other company that I could find that had done this before. So I just started and um, I said, well, I guess I'll just figure it out as I go. And that's exactly what I did. And I learned a lot of things on the way. And I'm still, you know, four years, five years into it, learning things as I as I go um, as well. And so I had the opportunity to to try and say, well, if it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, and I'm not sure if we thought it was going to work or not. 
and it did work and it worked really 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 well and so fast forward you know five five years later um, you know I've had the opportunity to help educate thousands and thousands and thousands of our uh, national employees and teams on, on how to really leverage this tool to not only build their brands to attract new clients, but to communicate our culture, to also educate people on how they can be using it. And more that now than ever in the last nine months, it's truly been the only way in many cases we've been able to connect with, with our community and our, our customers. Well, and that is so important. And I think for me, what, what what's so exciting is you were leading this charge four or five years ago. So for anyone sitting out there saying, prior to COVID, I don't know about digital, I don't know about social, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Once COVID hit, people started to realize, I've got to start embracing digital. So please listen to Chelsea's advice. She did it long before people had to. And I think you see some people kind of forcing the issue. Talk to me about the difference of, so many times when people talk about social selling, especially the ones that were not doing it prior to the pandemic, they want to connect with somebody and then I instantly get a direct message. Well, Michael, we do this, this, and this, and you should buy this, and I need a demo. And, and tell me how important it is to build relationships versus just giving that hard sell instantly. Right. You know, it's it's funny because the term we're using is the social selling. And honestly, the best social selling has no selling involved. So it's kind of this odd phrasing that we've used because we just didn't have any other phrase for it. So that's what we used. So perhaps we'll create a new phrase as we move forward. But what I will tell you is we all have an agenda. We all are marketers. We're all selling something. And yes, you can create incredible sales relationships and business relationships through social media. So I'm not here to say that you should never talk about your products, that you should never sell in direct messages. What I'm telling you is that you have to earn the right to do so. And so I'm going to look at this sort of like, because I'm a parent, maybe there's parents that are listening, you can kind of understand this analogy. So my seven-year-old son doesn't really clean his room um, a lot of the time unless I'm forcing him to. Now, if he cleaned his room and came to me and then asked for an extra ice cream that night, I would be much more inclined to say, you know what? Yes, thank you for cleaning your room. I didn't have to ask you. It's the same idea with pitching yourself. You need to, to provide value and show up before you earn the right to ask for something. And that takes sometimes weeks or months, et cetera. And a lot of times when you build a relationship with someone, you won't even have to bring up that you are selling something because they will know what you're doing. And what I will tell you is so important about what's happened this year and going fully digital and being in a world where the only place that I see human beings that I care about is on my social media platforms. Because unless we're on a Zoom call, I'm not seeing anyone. And if you don't have my link to Zoom, you'll never see me. So social media has been a lifeline for me during the last nine months and will continue for the foreseeable future. And what I will tell you is that content is changing right now. We want to see real human beings. We don't want to see logos. We don't want to see brands. We don't want to see products. We crave human connection for very obvious reasons right now. So if I can encourage anyone to be bold and get out there and just show your face and talk to people in a human way, there is no line of demarcation between that says you cannot be human and professional at the same time. You can do both. You can be a human being 
that shows up and people hear your voice and your face and you can be professional. So I think that's really important to note because content is, is shifting right now. And that's going to be a hard spot for people to jump into. And they think, oh, I'm just going to talk about my product. I'm just going to post pictures of my product. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work anymore. Well, you make such an excellent point that you've got to earn that right. I think so many times in the mortgage industry, in real estate, we've been very transaction-based instead of relationship-based. And I think the people that do it very well focus more on the relationship first, earn the right. And then like you said, a lot of times you don't even have to tell people what it is you do. They know. Mm -hmm. Brought up another uh, interesting points. And man, I'm, I'm trying to jot down notes and listen to you and I'm going to have to go back and play this. And I know my listeners will too. You bring up personalization. And this is the topic I get all the time as I talk to executives. If you can finally convince them to start embracing social selling or whatever term we're going to use in the future they don't want to share anything personal but then th it comes across as very stoic very sterile you do a great job of it i mean i, I follow you on instagram and i love watching mason explains and, and what i think the magic there is i feel like i know you and your family more because of that how do you executives how do you explain that to executives and how do you help them get past that apprehension of well my personal life is my personal life and my family and i don't want to share it and that's none of those their business what do you tell people that that approach that that way right well first i think it's important to know the the language of the platform what i post on my instagram stories isn't usually what i post on my linkedin stories um, so you do have to kind of honor the platform and, you know, Instagram is more for where you would, you know, it's more, much more commonplace to have your family photos and things of that nature. Um, but you can still be very human on, on LinkedIn and professional. So what I always tell people is there is a difference between personal versus private. Personal means human content. It means that you hear my voice, you see my face. Perhaps I'm writing my caption on LinkedIn the way that I would talk and not necessarily um, grammatically correct. I might use some emoji. Those are easy ways to sort of humanize your content. The other parts that are personal could be as a leader of a company, as an executive leader of a company, I will tell you, I would be fascinated to watch the behind the scenes of what it's like to run an, a huge company. Like if the CEO of Zappos did some stories on LinkedIn, that would be so interesting for me to watch. What are they reading? Uh, what's happening in their business? How are they helping their employees during this time? It doesn't have to necessarily be, here's everything that I'm doing in my personal living room of my home, but those human elements, the sort of behind the scenes, it creates this sort of feeling of, like you said, I might know this person or, oh my gosh, I'm reading that same leadership book that you just talked about. Now I have something to talk with you about. And you kind of find these commonalities between one another. So personal is human relatable content that every, it's things everybody does. Private is what you decide you want to keep private. And I will tell you that for two years, my husband and I were looking to purchase a home. I never told anyone about that on any of my social media. So even I, who shares a lot of my life, keeps a lot <laughs> of things private. I do keep a lot of things private in my world. And when I wasn't conferencing and I was in person, you might see where I was having dinner and I might ask people if they'd ever been there, but they never saw who I was meeting, what we were talking about. I wasn't, you know, recording our conversations. 
you can be personal and human and relatable, which will absolutely help elevate your brand and your and the people's connection to the brand. If I felt like I knew a CEO, I would like their brand even more because I feel like, oh, I like that person. So yeah, I want to shop over here. So I think there is a difference between personal and private, and there is no hard line that says you can't be human and professional at the same time. That is the best explanation I have ever heard on that topic. Uh, so thank you for sharing it. I, I mean that with all sincerity because I get that question a lot and people are like, oh, I don't wanna share personal stuff. And, and the difference between personal and private, that's golden. People go back and listen to that, write that down, implement it. Uh, it's very powerful. Chelsea, we can continue to go on and on and I have some more questions with you. You recently wrote a book. Love it, because this is another topic that people really struggle with. They know they need to get on LinkedIn or they know they should start on Instagram or on Facebook. And the question always comes up, I don't know what to post. So you answered that. Tell me what was the kind of the genesis of the book? Uh, I love the book. I actually mentor students at uh, Xavier University. I've given it as a gift multiple times because it's very helpful and practical. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So um, it's kind of funny because I'm a little bit of a, of a rogue when it comes to social media and also uh, book writing. I am not a, a book writer by, by trade. I've never been trained. I don't really enjoy writing, which I think a lot of people are shocked about. And, um, you know, the idea behind writing this, this book was that I wanted to take all of the stuff that I had been talking about and have it in one place because so many people were asking me questions and I thought I should just make this easy and just put it all in one place. And I kind of wrote it for myself because I had all this stuff. And it forced me to put it all in one place. So it's kind of like an, an exercise for myself. And then I happened to publish it and, and it was helpful to other people. So I, I, I do things a little differently than many people. Some people are shocked to find out that I do not batch my content. I do not have a content calendar. I have absolutely tried. I would love to be that kind of person who can pre-plan content. My brain doesn't work that way. When I go for a run, then I'll come up with an idea. If I'm in the shower, I might come up with an idea. So it's okay to honor your particular style um, and say, you know, that's just not how it works. Because not everything you're going to read in a blog or take in a class, it may not work for you. And if that's not your style, that's okay. And if you don't feel like posting this week, then I say don't post. You know, you can spend your time fueling other people and making them feel great and being a super fan of their content and still build a really incredible brand presence by doing that. So I'm not a rule follower when it comes to historic rules about social media. Um, and I, I don't know where that came from. I just sort of, you know, thought, well, it doesn't work for me and I'm just not going to do it. So <laughs> um, but that's, it's kind of a weird story about how I wrote that book. It, it primarily was just, um, you know, more for me to kind of get my all of my content together in one place. And um, then it turned out helping other people. So that's that was how it came about. Well, it's definitely helped me. And like I said, I've passed it on to numerous people. For those of you who don't have it, it is called What to Post. You can get it on Amazon. You can find it anywhere. Uh, I strongly recommend it. You bring up some interesting points of people need to be themselves. People, you know, if the calendar content calendar doesn't work for you, then don't do it. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, how many times do they edit and re-edit? 
I'm one that I do the first take LinkedIn video and that's what people get that week. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. I'm sharing from the heart. Some people like it, some people don't, and, and we move on. And, and I think, you know, your tip of find your own rhythm, your own groove is very, very powerful. Uh, and I think it's helpful because some people think they have to follow an exact strategy, an exact calendar, and that just doesn't work for them. So great insight yeah. from that perspective. I think I would add one more thing because, you know, when you, when we read books or go to, you know, listen to podcasts, we hear a lot of the same headlines of be authentic, be yourself. And, you know, in my book, I even say authenticity is, you know, one of my least favorite words because it's overused and underexplained. And I'm the kind of brain where I need you to tell me exactly what do you mean by authentic? And quite frankly, holding up a phone in front of your face and talking to it multiple times a day, it does not feel authentic. <laughs> actually weird trying to be yourself i'm using air quotes be yourself on social media and so i i just want to let people know that i didn't know what that meant and you won't know either most likely but what will happen is as you continue to show up and do things and create videos you will start to find that groove so you will not know that groove for probably months but you can't get there unless you actually do it. So I know that sounds strange, but I want people to know there's no, oh my gosh, I know exactly authentically who I am and how I'm gonna show up on social media. That's a very rare 0.5% of the population. And um, you know, it's like learning to drive or learning to be a new parent. I didn't know what I was gonna do. I read all the books, thought I was gonna be a rock star. We were gonna have everything locked down and loaded and on schedule. And then I had the kid and I was like, well, this, this did not work out as I expected. <laughs> and you just figure it out and you get better as you go. It's the same idea as anything else you will get to where you're going and your personal brand will evolve, but you can't get to the end place of where you're going to be unless you just make a bunch of stuff and figure out things on the way. Great tips from there. You made another very interesting point as you were talking about, hey, if you're not feeling in this week, you know, then be a super fan. I think that's one of the areas where people struggle the most or miss the boat. They start making connections, they start posting all the time and they're like, no one's engaging with my content. And the first question I always ask is, well, what content did you engage with? And then you hear crickets. And they're yeah. like, well, I don't have time for that. And I'm like, well, guess what? People don't have time for you then. Yeah. Explain how important engagement is and, and do you have any tips or tips, tracks, best practices? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in commenting over contenting. And I always tell people that, you know, the platforms while they want content and while yes, I wrote a book about content, I believe in content. <laughs> so not to say that it's not important, but these platforms want to be your text message, your email, your phone, your FaceTime, all those things. They want you to be talking to people. And so the more you talk to people, the better your algorithm is, the better your reach, and that's all free, right? And it's easy to talk to people these days on social media because all you have to do is comment on whatever they're posting. And so I tell people, let's pull back, let's not post for a while. Let's become super fans of other people's content. Number one, you're doing something that makes them feel great. That's nice, thank you so much for commenting on my post. You're helping them. So you're doing something that makes them feel good and then you feel good because you did something nice. And every single time you are engaging with someone's content, they're going to get a lovely little notification that pops up on their phone. It's going to have your name and your photo. And that is top of mind brand awareness. So if you think that people don't notice who's commenting, you are mistaken because I have gone to many conferences where 
I may not have known someone or met them in person. And when I said, tell me what your username is, or tell me, you know, what, what your name is on Instagram, I'd say, oh my gosh, yes, I, you, thank you so much for commenting and you send me direct messages. We remember that. So it's much more powerful and quite frankly, easier than having to sit down and write a 30 minute, you know, uh, headline and body and a call to action and get your hashtags. I mean, you know what it's like to write a caption that's, that's quote unquote good in LinkedIn. It takes time. It takes time. And so it's, it's an easy way to do something that's nice, that will help you stay active in the system, which is what they want. Not a great idea to just not post and not go in at all. You still need to go in and talk to people. And even if you're not posting for a couple of weeks, you should be active every single day talking to people. And I feel like that reduces this content stress. People now are like, oh, okay, I'm not stressed about posting something. Your comments are your content. And that's what you should be posting. Well, and everyone, did you hear she said your comments? So I, I quote you all the time, Chelsea, by saying we're not just talking about likes and social drive-bys. And there's my air quotes, the social drive-bys from you. You need to, to comment. And when you comment on someone and you actually reference something that was in their post or something that was in their video, they're like, oh, hey, that person did listen. Hey, I loved how Mason explained this. And then you're like, oh, I know Michael watched that. Yeah. It makes the engagement so much more real mm -hmm. when you can do that than just clicking like, 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 and, and running to the next thing. So yeah, the likes are for you, not for them. That makes you feel like you engaged, but the comments are for them. Great point. Chelsea, I could sit here and talk to you for hours, but I want to be very cognizant of your time. You, you share so many good insights. I know people are going to go back and listen. They can get your book. You also uh, have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about that because I want people to, to go and listen to that podcast because they're going to hear so many more wonderful things that you share through that podcast. Yes, thank you. The podcast is called The Voice of Social Sales, and it is all real estate, mortgage, title and escrow focused. And a lot of it is solo podcasts, me talking about updates and, and where I think trends are going. And then I do have a lot of interviews with experts within the industry and actually outside of the industry. I think it's important to get perspective from different industries and how they're leveraging social media. And it's it's not a lot of high level stuff. It's it's tactical. It's here's what you should do. Here's how to implement it. And so I, I'm trying to be much more tactical than sort of interview story style podcast, very much like what you're doing here. So it's it's on where all fine podcasts are sold. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I love your knowledge, your insights. And I, again, thank you for those tips two and a half years ago. That's really what started my journey on, on, in social and, and being a, a, you know, virtual. So thank you so much, everyone. Please listen and please thank Chelsea for being a guest. Thanks so much for having me on. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. 
That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com. FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success.